0: because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Thank you, Charlotte, very much. That was awesome. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you today. This is a Red Sweater Sunday. This is the one time a year when I'm definitely wearing a red sweater. So when I see some red out there as well, thanks, Brian, for doing that very much. Everybody doing well? Okay. Well, thanks for being here. And for those joining online, we really appreciate you being here. A couple just very brief things that I do need to say, and that is, first of all, next Sunday, we won't be here on Sunday morning. You know why? Hunger to Hope. Exactly. We're packaging 200,000 meals, which will be given to children at schools. So it has an incredible dual benefit, right? Parents will be more likely to send the child to school because they're going to get a healthy, nutritious meal, and the child's going to get an education, so we get to participate. When's the last time you fed 200,000 hungry children in a morning? So we won't be here. We will be at Kenmore Middle School packaging 200,000 meals. All five packs are sold out. So, wow, all five. I don't, I don't know the final number. I think it's like 1,300. But here's the deal. If you haven't signed up yet and you want to be part of the event staff, you can be a part of the event staff. We need you. Without the event staff, no children get fed. Is that a good way to say it? No cho- because you have to have somebody setting the apparatus up. So anyway, um, be aware of that. And then two Sundays from today, we won't be here on the morning either. You know Why? It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve this year falls on a Sunday. So we won't have Sunday morning services. We'll have two Sunday evening services at 4.30 and 6 o'clock. So no Sunday morning services the next two weeks. I just, I'm, I'm so afraid that somebody's going to show up here on Sunday morning the next two weeks, and you're just going to be so disappointed because you're so excited about coming to church, right? So would you repeat with me? No Sunday morning services. No Sunday morning services. Great. That makes me feel less guilty if there was a problem. So I said, all off on you. Hey, if you're, here for the, uh, if you're here for the first time, and I know there are some people here for the first time because I met a number of people that uh, were coming to this service that are here for the first time. We're a church for people who don't go to church. What in the world does that mean? We can't explain it now, but we will try to explain it right over there at Grace and 5. Immediately after this service is over, I'd love to meet you at Grace and 5. Takes less than five minutes. We'll talk about what it means to be a church for people who don't go to church. All right. Uh, as a follow-up to the Home for Holidays series, we asked people to send us funny stories. Funny, emphasis on funny. Something that happens in your home with your family or your friends. We got a bunch. The staff read them all. We voted. Here's the winner. You ready? This is what was texted into us. One Christmas, about 20 years ago, we lost power during an ice storm, and so we decided to roast hot dogs in the fireplace. Yes. My brother's hot dog caught on fire, and the metal got hot, very, very hot, so hot that he threw all the hot dogs on his metal hanger, all the hot dogs behind him. Okay? Now we have several hot dog-shaped burns in our carpet. Christmas decor year-round. So there, uh, you know who you are that sent it. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're here in this room. You sent that story. You have a special prize. Come and see us. We do have your cell phone number. We can find you anywhere. So if you don't come to us, we we will come to you. So it's Christmas. We're talking about the spirit of Christmas. The spirit of Christmas. It's a wonderful time of year to feel the spirit. Do you feel the spirit of Christmas? Anybody? Anybody? Oh yeah, yeah. We have some Christmas enthusiasts, but that was about seventy-five percent of the people did not raise their hands. So this is where <laughs> this is what we're going to attempt. We're going to climb the mountain this morning. And uh, do you notice that you know at different phases of your life, different seasons of your life, you experience kind of Christmas? And When I was a kid, between the ages of like ten and eighteen, uh, our family right after Christmas we always drove right down ninety-five and we went to New Smyrna Beach, Florida, which is the shark attack capital of the world, and. Uh, I was just addicted to surfing. I love to surf so much. And so I'd get out there, it'd be freezing cold, like 45 degrees, the wind is whipping, I have a wetsuit on and I would surf for hours and hours and hours. That's what I think about. Uh, in college, towards the end of my college years, and then into my young early days out of college, I worked for ups and that was a whole different story. you know surfing was wonderful and great and everything and UPS was uh, what can brown do for you well i 'll tell you what it did for me. Uh, it was a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of exhaustion. Uh, we would go 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 go, go, go uh, constantly. I had a buddy of mine that was another driver with me at ups and he made the terrible mistake one year he left you were never supposed to leave your keys in the truck. But we're always in a hurry, right? We're always running in and out, in and out, in and out. So he left the keys in the truck over here on Fairfax Drive. <laughs> Somebody stole his truck. And uh, it was a big truck. It was the, one of the biggest trucks we have. It was filled with stuff, filled with a lot of expensive stuff, okay? And, uh, and they stole it. And so he lost his job over that. He, he ended up getting his job back. We also got the truck back uh, because Mario's Pizza Everybody knows where Mario's Pizza is. Mario's Pizza called over here on Wilson Boulevard. They called and said uh, like three days later, hey, you got a truck in our, in our parking lot. Do you ever want to come pick the thing up? And so uh, went over there and got it and found out. Whoever stole the truck like put 100 miles on it. They never broke into the back, but they drove and drove. And my buddy, because he felt so bad, because he felt so bad about what he did and he was trying to earn his job back and go above and beyond the call. He stayed out for multiple nights for UPS delivering in the brown uniform, on people's porches at 2 o'clock in the morning, delivering boxes, knocking on the door. I have your Christmas present for you. He ended up getting fired again. But uh, <laughs> these are some of the things that I, these, these are some of the things I remember about Christmas. And then we, then we had kids. Then we, then we had kids, right? And that's just another special kind of magical time that, and if you have young kids, here's the thing, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this, but it's going to be over so quickly. You're not going to believe. You're, you're looking at other people who are 30, 40, 50 years older, and you're like, I could never imagine. Oh, you don't have to. It's coming like a freight train. It's coming your way. It just slips through, <laughs> slips through your fingers. So what is Christmas? What does that have to do with what I'm speaking about today? I have no idea. But there's a great prophecy about Christmas. It's in Isaiah 9:2. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. It's one of the great prophecies hundreds of years before Christ was born. Light has entered the world. And you know, you think about Christmas as they come and go, they come and go, and it slips through. Like the seasons of our lives, the sun sets, it sets, it sets, and it's gone so quickly. But the Bible says a great light has entered the world, and that light is eternal. John talks about it this way, John chapter 1. In his story, this is just the way he tells Christmas. He says, In him, speaking of Jesus, was life. That life is eternal. What's slipping away from us is slipping away from us, but there is an eternal life. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and notice this last part, and the darkness has not overcome it. There is light and life that is just kind of slipping away from all of us, but there is an eternal light that is so powerful and an eternal life that is so powerful right? That nothing, no darkness is so powerful to overcome it. Christmas. We want to talk about being filled with the spirit of Christmas. And as a, just a very brief, I'm tempted to go longer, but a very brief recap of last week. We got to start with A. If you want to be filled with the spirit of Christmas, if you want to understand who Jesus Christ, what is Christianity, what is it anyway? There's grave misunderstandings about Christianity. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. I grew up in church, been in church all my life, been to Bible college, been to seminary, have a master's in divinity. I never really understood Jesus as savior. I understood Jesus as helper. Understood Jesus as moral teacher. Understood Jesus as the example I should live up to. I understood Jesus that here's all the rules. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah, got you. What, it, you know, let's move on to something else. I understand the basic. I understand the basic. And then it dawned on me. I had no idea. And when the Bible says it's a mystery, it finally got me. I'm like, I feel nothing mysterious about it. Well, there's the problem, John. You feel no mystery about it. Unless you feel some mystery about the Christmas Savior, you're probably like me. You didn't understand it. But when it becomes mysterious, when it, when it becomes the great upside down, right? It becomes the great upside down, and you see it's com- something that's completely different. Then you're starting to grasp it. Jesus Christ is not somebody standing on the side of a pool Right, yelling to you while you're in the pool, drowning, telling you how to swim better. Jesus Christ jumps in the pool with us Christmas, grabs us around the neck and rescues us. Salvation happens when we hold up this Bible with all of its rules. People say, what's Christianity? Oh, yeah, I got it. Follow the rules. Whose rules? Jesus' rules right here. Christianity begins. The Christmas Savior. That's not salvation. Christmas Savior begins when we hold it up and we say... Jesus, I'll never follow these rules. I never have. I never will. I'll never be able to do it. I understand that I can't do it. I actually need a Savior. I need somebody to dive in the pool with me, grab me around the neck, and pull me to safety. And that's why they call him Savior. I was in Barnes & Noble this past week at Tyson's Corner. What were they singing in there? Through the, through the speaker system. Christ our... Who was born? Savior. Savior. Not moral teacher. Not coach not example, Savior. I can't do it. I need a Savior. All right, you can watch last week's uh, message. I won't go any farther. But, you know, the foundation has to be right or it's just not going to work. Last week, we talked about the foundation. Today, we're going to talk about being filled with the Spirit of Christmas. How does that happen? I hear about people being filled with the Spirit. The Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit. What exactly does this being filled with the Spirit mean? And first of all, let's just get it out of the way because sometimes when we begin to, A, talk about the Spirit, or B, start talking about being filled with the Spirit, people get weirded out. Like, yeah, I know people who talk about the Spirit. I know people who talk about being filled with the Spirit. They're all weird. I don't want any part. I don't want any part. I'm just, tell, I'm just telling you what people tell me. I don't want any part of that. Can I say something? Can I please say something? Those people were weird long before the Spirit ever. <laughs> don't go blaming the Spirit. Don't go, I mean, they, they got the weirdness covered already. They didn't need the Spirit's help to be weird. Are we clear? Ephesians chapter 5, one of the most famous verses in the Bible when we talk about the Spirit, right? It says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is not some powerful force out there. Holy Spirit's a person, powerful person, but the Holy Spirit is a person, and we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit because we cannot, which we'll build a case for today, we cannot live the Christian life apart from the Spirit. Some people say, I tried church, I tried Jesus, it didn't work for me. We try new things all the time. This is not a new thing. This is a new you. This is what the Bible says, the Holy Spirit coming inside of you to live inside of you. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden something, I'm a new person. I'm a new creation according to the Bible. I'm a new creation. Something utterly different. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit. John the Baptist's mother was filled with the Spirit. His father was filled with the Spirit. The disciples were filled with the Spirit. All kinds of people were filled with the Spirit. And their lives were radically transformed, Peter being one of those. Peter was just all over the place, flopping around, and all of a sudden he became a rock. How did he go from this, flopping around, denying Jesus, Yelling, screaming, going off, saying crazy stuff to just being rock solid and having strong character. How did he go from having no character to having strong character? Holy Spirit's work in his life. We can't be... Live, be the person that Christ has called us to be the person that we want to be apart from the work of the Spirit in our own lives. And we need to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. As you read through the Bible, the book of Genesis, first book in the Bible, to Malachi, to Malachi, it's the Father. It's the Father, mainly of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's the Father, it's the Father, it's the Father. And then in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the biographies of the life of Jesus Christ, it's Jesus. And then you hit the book of Acts to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it's the Holy Spirit. Each member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, focal point, focal point during each dense dispensation that I just went through, and right now it's the Holy Spirit. How much do you think about the Spirit? How often do you think about building a relationship with the Spirit? Do you ever think, oh, man, I need to be filled with the Spirit, and how exactly does that happen since I can't live the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit transforms us, and the Holy Spirit, special. A lot of times, you know, people talk about the Spirit like it's some kind of force It's kind of coming in and zap us. The Holy Spirit is extraordinarily Ordinarily practical. And the Holy Spirit's specialty is Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, nine things, nine character traits the Holy Spirit works in our life. That's the Holy Spirit's very practical in nature. Do you think we need, do we, do we need to be more loving? Do we need to be more patient? Do we need to be more kind? Do we need to be more self-controlled? I think it'd be a really good thing in our world, in our homes, and our community, in our places of work around the planet, if we embody those things, well, that's the Holy Spirit—especially Extraordinarily practical, very, very practical. A lot of people are caught up with the power of the Spirit. I want to get you caught up with the person of the Spirit today. And I'm not going to be able to cover everything today. We're going to talk about a lot about the Holy Spirit in 2018. And we're going to feed it into a lot of sermons because it's a, it's a, it's a really big deal. Jesus said... Right before he left, he said, it's to your advantage, speaking to his disciples, it's to your advantage that I'm leaving. That's a very odd statement. If It's your advantage. We don't want you to go. I mean, we need, I mean you're making all this bread and you're walking on water and you're healing people and all these great teachings. Please, don't go. Don't Don't go. Jesus, it's your advantage that I go. Why? Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And here's the question. Are you taking advantage of your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Or you at a disadvantage because you're not paying attention at all to the work of the Spirit in your life and developing that relationship. Is it an advantage? Would you say, yes, yes. I feel that I'm an advantage because of the work of the Spirit in my life. And you're like, no, I never even to think about the Spirit. Because if you're anything like me, I seldom think about the work of the Spirit in my life. I seldom give any time or thought to the work of the Spirit in my life. And as I talk to a lot of people, I'd say nine out of ten people that I talk to, church people that say, no. You ever pray the Spirit? No. Do you ever think? No. So this is really important. So what can we learn? What can we learn from all this? Romans 8, 26 says this. Very important verse about the Spirit. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, we all have weaknesses. Let's be honest. We know this. All throughout this room, we have weaknesses. Some things really, really bother us. There's something in your life Something in my life really bothers me. I really want to change that. I really want to wish they could change. I'm trying to change, but I'm, it's, I keep falling short. Well, here we go. When's the last time you said, Holy Spirit, would you help me with X? Because that's my weakness. Would you help me? Because it says here in Romans that the Holy Spirit helps us with our weakness. So there's two things I really want to focus on today. And they both begin with the letter R about how to be filled with the Spirit. Remember and release. Remember and release. You have to remember the work of the Spirit. You think about things that are so incredibly important. You would never forget something that's so incredibly important. When Jesus said, hey, look, it's to your advantage. I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide you and enable you and help you and mold you and shape you. And you can only live the Christian life, right, through the power of the Spirit. So that's really important, Jesus. So, of course, I would never, never forget, right? Uh, Joseph. Joseph knew the Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures hundreds of years, right, in this story that Charlotte read for us this morning, the Christmas the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1. He knew it. A virgin will be with child. virgin will be... Hundreds of years before, a virgin will be with child. He just didn't realize it was going to be his virgin that was going to be with child. And the angel comes along and says, this is of the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I read it a million times. I forgot. How can you forget something so important? I forget things that are important. Right? It's Christmas morning opening presents and all the excitement right maybe you have a loved one that's there opening the present that you got just diligently shopped through all the crowds and there they open it up and ah it's a pink it's a pink sweater it's pink i said red I said red, and you're like, you didn't say red. No, I said red. I thought you said pink. I forgot you did say, oh, my gosh. So they open up another present. It's a silver neck. Do you love the silver necklace? Oh, my God. I said gold. I said gold. I, this is all hypothetical, right? <laughs> I, I've never seen this happen before. I'm just talking. It's a hypothetical. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot. I for- How could you forget? Happened more than once. You know what we're down to now? She just sends me a link. And you just click the button. I shop for everybody, the whole family of one person to get it right, and that's me. How could you forget? But I do. I do, I'm afraid. So I just click the link now. And that's the way I like it, actually. It's wonderful. It's actually wonderful. We do forget things that are really important. We do. We do. Jesus says this is really important. There shouldn't be a day of of your life. Maybe it should be every hour or maybe every second sometimes. But are you thinking about the Holy Spirit? Because we can't live, we can't be filled with the Spirit of Christmas apart from the work of the Spirit. We need the Spirit to be at work in our lives. Now, I have a guest here I want to unveil. All right? Some of you, if you know what this is, please shout it out. Excuse me? What is it? Oh, it's backwards. Sorry. It's a turkey fryer. It's a turkey fryer. We have never had the fried turkey. And this year, here it is. This was was my birthday present, was the turkey fryer. And it was going to make all of my turkey dreams come true for Thanksgiving. Do you know what I'm saying? And a fr- Anybody had the fried turkey before? Anybody in the room had the fried turkey? Okay, so you guys, you guys know I was so excited. I was so excited about the turkey fryer because I'd heard so much about it. And people who really like the fried turkey, I mean, they speak with passion about the fried turkey. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's not like, oh, yeah, we try. No, it's, ah, yes, wonderful, moist, and flavorful. And I was so excited. And I read the, I read the manual very closely because Krista told me, you know, you mess this thing up, you're going to burn our whole house down, and it's not going to be a good Thanksgiving. So I read the manual very, very closely about, you know, you got to thaw the turkey and all this kind of stuff like this, all right? Now, can we just imagine for a moment if I, you know, I fried that turkey up, and then I, I pulled that turkey out. <laughs> turkey out, and uh, it wasn't cooked. It wasn't cooked. What it would happen? I mean, Thanksgiving would be down the tube. All of my turkey dreams would be down the tubes, and I would call the good people at Butterball and say, you know, what happened? I did everything. I put, the right, my, all, I put it all together the right way, and right, I filled it up with the oil. What happened? Why? Do I have a turkey that's not cooked? And then what if they, what if they, this would be crazy, but what if they just said, well, I know this is crazy, but could I ask you, did you plug it in? <laughs> I mean, you remember to plug it, you did everything else right, but you wouldn't have been so foolish, silly as to not plug it in. And what if I have to answer yes? I mean, nobody would try to fry the turkey unless they plugged in, right? None of, none of us would do that. We wouldn't do that. This is what Jesus Christ is saying about the Holy Spirit. Of course, you wouldn't try to live the Christian life apart from the work of the Spirit. Of course, you wouldn't do that. Jesus says, I'm leaving. It's to your advantage because I'm sending a VIP to you. I'm sending the person of the Holy Spirit who is God, who is going to help to transform your life that you would experience Christmas and everything else that it means to be a Christian. Of course, you wouldn't do that. Are you plugged in? Do you think? Do you pray? Every day, are you, are you asking the Holy Spirit to mold you and to shape you and asking the Spirit to work in your life to help you to be more loving or patient or kind? Not that we struggle with patience, right? But those things, are you, are, are you doing that? Or is that just, right? You have to plug in every single day. Anybody want a free turkey? Free turkey. There you go. Hey, that man right there behind your shoulder, he wants it over there. It would be silly to forget, but we, we have to ask. And as, as I think about my own life, uh, what I realize is I forget about the Spirit all the time. And as I talk, as I said earlier, as I talk to people, people have been in church all their lives. Nine out of ten say, nope. Either it's weird or I forget or I just don't know or whatever. Or Is it a force or whatever? The Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit works in our life to transform us to being like Christ. So incredibly, incredibly important. Ephesians 5, this is very interesting to everybody. That verse, Ephesians five eighteen, that says we should be constantly filled. Actually, in the Greek, that's what it says, be constantly filled with the Spirit. You know what it says right before that? It says to the church in Ephesus, wake up. Wake up about what? Wake up. Wake up to the Spirit. You've fallen asleep at the wheel. You've forgotten the Spirit. You haven't plugged in. The question I ask you is the same question I asked myself for the past month preparing for this. Am I in communication with the Spirit? Is it on my radar screen or is it just like back there somewhere? I don't know what the Spirit's doing. It's back in the trunk of my car somewhere rooting around. I'm not sure, right? Are we doing that? Because Jesus says it's vitally important. So there's the first thing. Remember, 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 Okay? And the second thing about how to be filled with the Spirit is to release. To release the Spirit. How do you fill the Spirit? Is you release the Spirit in your life. We have a thought. I hear it from other people, and I think it myself because it's so very natural. Right? And the thought is, is, if I need to be filled with the Spirit, I just got to get some more Spirit in my life. I mean, what do you need? I got to get some more. I got to get. I got to fit. You know, like stopping at the gas station. I'm running low on Spirit. I'm on a. Well, however, that happens. I'm just gonna. Play. We did not do this. We should have done this. I was upset that we didn't do it. But they make this thing for the for the turkey. Some of you are gonna recognize it right away. You know what this is? It makes you feel like a doctor here, right? It's an injector. You inject the turkey with all kinds of seasoning. What we decided to do this year because it was our first time with the fried turkey, we decided not to inject it. Very disappointed that I didn't inject it because it needed more flavor. But we think about the Holy Spirit probably a lot like we think about the turkey and the seasoning that goes into it. I just got to get more. I just got to fill up with more. That's what I got to do. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me up or drop by the gas station. Actually, it's the exact opposite. This is why we should have called this stranger things because it's the great upside down. That's not how you are filled with the spirit. It happens in a completely different way than, than, than that, okay? Completely different way than that. John the Baptist said this, and we know that the Bible says that John the Baptist was filled with the spirit. He says, he says, I must decrease and he must increase. And that's actually how you're filled with the spirit is that you begin to release things to the spirit. And as you release things to the spirit, the Holy Spirit fills more of your life. You know, in my study about the great scientific revolution that happened a number, a couple hundred years ago, three, four hundred years ago, right? that um, the main leaders, those scientists, uh, almost all of them, right, like Newton, I mean, Newton wrote more on theology than he did on science, right? So these great, almost all of them were big big-time Bible believers. And as they read the Bible, these great scientists, you know, right? I mean, we think about today, oh, science and Bible and faith, oh, they're totally disconnected. Well, these guys who revolutionized our world were major believers in the Bible. And as they read the Bible, they said, a rational God created a rational universe. And so as we study the Bible and we study science, we're going to learn more about God, That's what they believed. And I just think that there's something to be learned here about being filled with the Spirit from science. And uh, I'd like to talk for a moment about energy if I can. Potential energy and kinetic energy. And what does that mean with us being filled with the Spirit, okay? You with me? So I read in the beginning light and life. Eternal life, eternal light, right? So we are bad news for each one of you. Our bodies are like life is slipping away from us. Okay, we're going to transfer whatever life or light is inside of us to something, to something else in this world, because life is just slipping, slipping away. But eternal life and eternal light uh, has come into this world. What do we know about energy? Energy is the ability to get things done. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. You know this, right? From high school, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be what? Transferred. It can only be transferred. All right, and that's the work of the Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit, once the foundation's right, the Spirit is inside of us, and then it begins to transform, transfer, transform our character to being more like Jesus Christ. And I want to illustrate it this way, if I can. I brought, I have more friends inside of here, and uh, I'd like to show you real briefly. It's a rocket, everybody. Yes, it is a rocket. And um, here's the thing illustrate it this way, if I can. Potential energy. So most of the shows and stuff that I watched this past week to remind me of energy they use rubber bands, because what is this right now? What am I doing? It's potential energy. It's been, Nothing's happening, but there's a lot of potential for it to happen. And that's kind of like our life when we understand that Christ is the Christmas savior and then we're told that his spirit fills us there's a lot of potential nothing's happening but its potential now what would it take to go from potential to kinetic i put the answer right on your bulletins i would have to do what i'd have to have to re- oh, first service. it's very upsetting I did, that for, I did that first service, and it's upsetting. I'll tell you why it's upsetting. Because I, uh, I practiced about five or six times standing on this stage. And I think I know what the problem is. I'm standing too close to the front of the stage. You know, you've got to give some height, so... Oh, yeah. Now, that's much better. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Okay. Uh, would you please view your life? Okay? You want to be filled with the Spirit? Would you, like, oh, I tried Christianity odds... Oh, I read these great things in the Bible. It's not working. Here you go, everybody. This is it. Simple science experiment here. This is it. When you receive Christ as Savior, all the potential energy is there. You're going to have to begin to release things, release things to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Have to release them to the Spirit. What do I mean by that? Whatever it is, whatever that area of your life is that you want to see changed, what is it for you? Release it. Now, here's the first thing you, you, you will probably think of. This is the first thing I thought of. I started to of like 10, 15 things. I want to encourage you to rein it in a little bit, and let's just think about one thing, maybe one thing between now and Christmas Day, that every day when you wake up in the morning, maybe throughout the day, you release it. Maybe you're having a problem with impatience, and you say, Holy Spirit, I ask, I'm just releasing my impatience to you. Take it. And maybe you just do that all day long. Maybe the words that you speak, maybe, you know, they could be a little cutting or something. Or I'm releasing my words to you. Your frustration, your anger, your bitterness, your plans, whatever it might be. You don't act loving enough. Remember where we said Galatians 5, that's the Holy Spirit's specialty. You don't act loving enough. Release that. Maybe you're having an issue with habits or self-control. I'm I'm releasing this thing to you, Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. This is this is the very practical thing that the Spirit does, the work of the Spirit in life. Release it. Release it. You're frustrated, you're bitter, whatever it might be. Now here's the thing. Here's the honest truth, everybody, right? We, when it comes to those things, and maybe we talk to other people about it all the time, and we're frustrated or somebody in our family or some experience we've gone through in life and we're talking about it and we want it changed and we want it changed we talk about it right but we refuse to actually release it we have become it's become such a home to us holding on to it i'm telling of course i want to release it well let it go of course i want to release it well then let it go We become so comfortable with it, so comfortable with that pain or that frustration or that bitterness, right? I get so mad at myself because I get frustrated in traffic. Well, let it go. I don't want to let it go. It's become a great friend to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) We can kind of just get in there with it and get stuck. And you know if we stay in this position long enough? What happens to your body if you stay in a position too long? Not good. Not good. Pretty soon you're going, to be stuck in a, you're going to be stuck in a position you can't get out of, right? Because your muscles are going to get stuck in that position. It's going to be really, really bad. Don't stay like this. Release it to God. And here's what I want to challenge you with in conclusion. Whatever that thing is, you know what it is. You can trust the Holy Spirit with it. You will be better off in your life if you release it to the Spirit. If you allow the Spirit to work in that area, I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me. Release it. Some of us here today, right? I hear you. I don't even want to release it, though. You could ask the Holy Spirit to get you to the place where you would even be willing to say, okay, I'm releasing it to you because we become so comfortable with some things. Joseph Joseph, things were not turning out right for Joseph in the Christmas story. He had plans. He had plans for his family. He had plans for his career. He had plans for his life, and everything got flipped upside down. He lived in a small town. Reputation is everything. And everybody was talking about him. Joseph had frustration. He's ready to divorce Mary. He's bitter. He's upset. All of these things. And then he finds out God did this to them, to him. He's like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Everything, he had to release it. And so the Spirit says to him, this, the angel says to him, this is from the Spirit. Trust God. Great things. Great things are in store. Joseph was right there. He could have shut the whole Christmas story down. But he said, okay. And we're here today celebrating Christmas and talking about Joseph and Mary and their trip to Bethlehem? What if we were just talking about Mary and the donkey on the way to Bethlehem? Kind of wouldn't be the same. How about you? God wants you to be a part of the story too. He's got something really special He wants to do in your life, something amazing. But in order for that to happen, you're going to have to release it to Him. And what I want to encourage you For the rest of this Christmas season is every day. Holy Spirit, I'm releasing X to you. Whatever that might be, I'm releasing it to you. I'm releasing that plan. I'm releasing my frustration. I'm going to release this or that. Whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. Just release it over and over and over again as you do. That's how the Spirit fills your life. We don't get filled with the Spirit because we inject the Spirit in us or somebody comes along and injects the Spirit and we get filled with the Spirit because we release the things that are in us to the Spirit and the Spirit begins to fill our lives and we are brand new people as a result. We're not just doing something new. We've become a new person that's entirely different and that's something that the Holy Spirit wants for every single one of us this Christmas season so we are going to celebrate communion this morning and the communion team is going to go and they're going to grab uh, the trays which we're going to deliver to you and the music team is going to come and the music team is going to lead us in a very very special and important song this morning I'd like to as the as the team is gathering the trays just explain that then I'll explain the song and then we will sing okay so first of all, here's what, you, here's what you need to know. Communion is a very important moment. It's a very important... Actually, the Bible says that we should examine ourselves. And so we allow that to happen. We're not going to examine you. The Bible says for you to examine yourself. It's an important thing, an important moment. Communion here is open to everybody. Every That's between you and God. God just says examine yourself. Think deeply. It's a serious thing. Jesus Christ in communion, what we talked about last week, what I mentioned this morning, he has jumped into this pool that we call the world with us to rescue us. And this is what community takes, his body, his blood, his very life because of his incredible love for all of us. So I ask that you'll take the piece of bread and the cup and that you'll just hold it here for a minute. You'll just hold it because we're going to all eat and drink together and have a prayer. And this is what I'd like you to think about as you're holding that bread, as you're holding that cup. And as a Christian is singing this song, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus, there's a line in this song that says about God's eternal spirit ruling in our hearts. I would like to ask you, the only way for that to happen is for you to release whatever that is to God. As you're holding that community, as you're holding the body, right, and the blood of Christ, as you're holding Christ's very life and his love, his unconditional sacrificial love for you, he loves you far more than you could ever imagine, would you consider releasing that one thing to the Holy Spirit today and allowing His Spirit to fill you, okay? Let us sing. Uh, What you hold in your hands, according to Scripture, represents the very body and the life or the blood of Jesus Christ. What all that means is, is that you're loved far more than you could ever imagine, that Jesus Christ was willing to sacrifice His life. And this is unheard of. God coming down and giving himself for us, not giving us things for us to try to climb our way up to him. That's what communion represents. I want to say a prayer over uh, the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup, that as we celebrate communion this morning and we wrestle with whatever that is we need to release to the Spirit, that in that moment of God's incredible love for us, that he would die for us, No one had ever heard of anything like this before, before Jesus Christ, that God would humiliate himself and die for us. It's the only, the only faith that has ever talked about anything anywhere close to this because of his tremendous love for us. That in the safety of that moment, that God has that type of love for us, that we would feel secure enough to release whatever it is we need to, even those things that as bad as they are, they become very near and dear to us and we're clinging to them desperately, that even those things, we would release them to the Holy Spirit, that he might transform our lives. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. Your love is amazing. Your love is incredible. It's Astounding to us what you have done, that you have jumped into this swimming pool, so to speak, and you've dragged us to safety at the cost of your own life. Thank you, Jesus, what you have done by surrendering yourself for our benefit. In the security of this moment, may we release to you that thing that we're thinking about right now, And some of us are struggling and we just don't want to release our fingers from it because it's been with us for so long in this moment of safety and security of your love, of communion, of your sacrifice, that we would release whatever it is to you, that you might change it and do something brand new in us. Father, bless the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ, both now and forevermore. Amen. Let us eat and drink together. Hmm. Well, I hope you'll remember this all week, and you'll talk to the Spirit, and every day you'll release more and more. We appreciate you being here, and we wish you a Merry Christmas. We hope to see you next week when we pack 200,000 meals together. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.